You're listening to the Great Since 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Great Since 68 Podcast. This is episode 37. I'm joined, as always, by Chris and Kaz. We'll go straight into it then, and this past weekend, Birmingham City made it three wins out of three in the WSL, with a 1-0 away win at Reading. We went down to Adams Park, and Megan Sargent got the only goal of the game. Paige Williams delivered a great ball from the left, and Megan Sargent, at the back post, hit it into the ground and passed the keeper into the net. In terms of other chances in that game, the first chance fell to Lucy Staniforth. She beat four players before forcing a great save from goalkeeper Grace Maloney. Brooke Chaplin then had a good chance for Reading, but Berger in the goal denied her for the Blues. Lucy Staniforth in the second half also was instrumental in another great chance for Birmingham City. Emma Follis was played in over the top by Lucy Staniforth and she hit it just too close to the keeper to get the goal. Then Reading, as we expected, came back at us. Tasha Harding forced a good save from Berger. Then Brooke Chaplin forced another save. It was a double save. And then Remy Allen later on had a great header from a corner that she probably should have scored to make it 1-1. But the final score was 1-0. That was our second win away at Reading in two games. It's our fifth win in a row and it's our sixth game without conceding a goal. We can't do much more than that, can we, Chris? No, no, we can't ask for anything more from the girls. To have the start of the season, you know, against Man City and then the, the run of fixtures that we've had, you know, culminating in, in that Reading game, a game that is always tougher physically than the, the most other games that we play. For, for that to be the third game in a week and, and we went there and, and we put our bodies on the line, we got the early goal and we defended it brilliantly. And, you know, you mentioned the, the chances that we had, we could have been two or three in the first half an hour. Reading are always going to have chances. They're a very good side. They're always going to create chances. But we, we stood firm and we march on three from three and, and still haven't conceded yet this season. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, as you say, we created chances. And we're creating chances without Ellen White in the squad. And I think that's the key point about this. We're still scoring goals, which maybe last season we wouldn't have done, Kaz. Yeah, uh, obviously, everybody's like panicking with Ellen being injured. But We've shown the last few games that we can still score goals. Last season, we probably would have lost all these games without Ellen being on the pitch. So I think it's credit to the players that have actually came and stepped up. In terms of the few chances we did have, of course, I think Emma Follis, she's just getting so close. She's getting in the positions that she needs to get into. And I think once once she gets her first goal for Birmingham, I think the goals are going to start flowing, Chris, isn't it? It's it's just a case of she's doing all the right things, but maybe the last final decision, she's not the confidence isn't quite there to find the net. Yeah, it's much easier to work on on your finishing than it is to work on creating chances. So the fact that the chances are being created, her movement is is clearly very good. Like you say, uh, unfortunately, she she just can't find the back of the net at the moment, but that will come. On, I've no doubt about that. Yeah, we hope so. And Lucy Stanuforth once again is having a great game, Kaz, and she's proving that she's fit straight into this team. And it, it goes to show that Mark has an eye for the player that he knows can fit into the system and it's working. You would have thought Lucy's been playing for us for about five years, the way she's been playing. It's one quality sign and that he has got his eye on. And I'm glad that he's actually brought her in. 
Yeah, it was a it was a great great signing. We didn't make too many signings this summer, but with the signings we've made had an impact from the start. Made three signings in the end in Staniforth, Arthur, and Scott. But actually, a, a lot of the rest of the league have have gone out and and bought players in the last twelve to eighteen months. Have bought a lot of players in, and there's been quite a bit of upheaval. Whereas actually, what Mark and and the coaching staff have done is they've identified a structure. They've identified a, a way of playing that they want to play that they think is, is going to get the best out of everybody. And then they've brought players in to suit that rather than bringing players in out of necessity. You know, and, and like you say, Staniforth has, has fitted in seamlessly, but it shouldn't be a surprise because you know Mark knows exactly what he wanted. And Staniforth has come in and, and made a big, big difference. I think that's testament to the quality she has. But, you know, this is the, the culmination of, of two and a half years' work now. We're the type of side that goes to Reading and takes them on rather than having Reading take us on and hope we can sneak something. You know, we're not that team anymore and 17 shots away from home at Reading is, is an indicator of how comfortable we are on the ball and, and how confident we are in ourselves. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And as journalist and friend of the show Richard Lafferty has put recently, how long until we become the new Arsenal and have 1-0 to the girls in blue? That sounds good, doesn't it, Kaz? It does, yeah. Personally, I am very shocked at these stats from the weekend. Who goes away from home, 17 shots on goal, 9 on target? Does not many teams do that? Did Man City or did Chelsea even at Everton have that many chances? It just shows you what type of a team we're becoming. And I think we are going to be a very hard team to break down. And your point about the the one nil one nil to the Blues, you know, one nil to Birmingham being that that the Arsenal of old, if if you like, I, I think that's something that that will change as well. You, know, you mentioned the fact Rachel Williams is injured as well. Ellen's obviously injured. The girls are finding their feet. Lucy Quinn's injured at the moment. Emma Follis has just come back from an injury, so you know we're still missing a couple. A couple are just finding their feet back into the first team after pre-season. And I think that front four slash five, if you like, will will click even more into gear and, and will start scoring more goals. I, I honestly believe that. I mean, if it was that we ended the season winning every single game 1-0, then I'm sure everybody everybody listening would take it. But, you know, I, I've no doubt that the goals will flow once the front players start clicking into gear. Yeah, absolutely. And as, you, as as you've alluded to, we've obviously got one of the strongest defences in the league and we're proven if you don't concede, you've always got a chance the to win in the strongest, game. The strongest, Craig, the strongest. The strongest. I don't think Mark will come out as boldly as Nick Cushing, but, he'll, but, <laughs> but we've certainly got a great team. Yeah. In, in, in answer to your question, Kaz, I've just had a quick look at the stats and in terms of shots, Chelsea only had six on target against Everton, which goes to show, obviously, they're not creating enough quality efforts on goal and that's part of the problem why they're not winning games at the moment and in terms of Arsenal Arsenal had 12 shots on target against West Ham so they're proving once again why they are the front leaders at the moment in the league so a brief look at the other games from the weekend in the early kickoff Brighton at home to Liverpool and it was a 1-0 win to Liverpool Rinsola Babadeji got the winning goal five minutes from time in that one Arsenal just about beat West Ham in a seven-goal thriller down at Meadow Park. Kim Little's 73rd minute strike the difference in which was a 4-3 win in the end for the Gunners. Everton got a draw at home to Chelsea. The London side and Elf had three goalless draws in as many matches. 
And Manchester City rescued a point at home to Bristol City thanks to captain Steph Houghton. 2-2 the final score at the Academy Stadium. That leaves Arsenal at the top with nine points from three matches with a better goal difference. Birmingham City in second with nine points. Manchester City in third with one win and two draws with five points. And Bristol City in fourth with one win, two draws and five points. Just a brief word over the weekend, Kaz. What stood out to you? Obviously, West Ham had a great performance against Arsenal, but who would have thought like the likes of Bristol City would have been in the top four at the start of the season? Oh, God, not me. I was assuming it was going to be my top four for the start of the season was going to be Chelsea, City, Reading and Arsenal. No disrespect to Birmingham, but everybody else has brought in a hell of a lot more players. Bristol are doing absolutely phenomenal, and I just hope we can look at their game and their game plan and see if we can better it. Yeah, we've obviously got Bristol coming up soon. But Chris, brief word on the weekend. What stood out to you in terms of the matches outside of the Birmingham City game? I think Bristol are the story of the season, along with us. You know, lost their manager, lost their star player in Lauren Hemp. And the players they brought in were the players that they had last season. I'm not sure what Tanya Oxtoby's done down there, but she's doing a fantastic job. You know, they've took points off, off Chelsea and Manchester City now this season in the league. They've started really, really well. West Ham showed that if you get at Arsenal, you can score goals against them, despite how good they are up front. But I think you have to look at look at last season's champions yet to score in the league. The amount of firepower that they've got, the amount of goals that they've scored over the last two seasons, and, and they've failed to score in the league. I know one of them obviously was against Manchester City, but for last season's champions not to have scored yet this season is remarkable. They've got such an attack and threat, yet nothing seems to be happening for them. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a strange one. And obviously, it's early on in the season, but they're quite off the pace and they've got to turn it around soon. On to the international football then. And Lucy Staniforth has been called up for England once again. Hayley Ladd has been called up for Wales. We presume that Harriet Scott will be called up for the Republic of Ireland if they have some friendlies coming up too. The same goes, of course, for Chloe Arthur and Scotland. We know why Ellen is obviously not in the squad. She's obviously injured at the moment. But in terms of the other players... The likes of Aoife Mannion, the likes of Megan Sargent, the likes of Keris Harrop, the likes of Paige Williams. The whole back four, the standard back four that we play, the ones that are keeping the clean sheets week in, week out. Why do you think, Kaz, they're still being overlooked? Because we're Birmingham City. That's the only reason I can think. There's only us and Chelsea yet to concede a goal in the league. Yet you've got how many Man City players in? Do you know what I mean? Aoife Mannion, to me is probably one of the best centre-backs you're going to get in the WSL, apart from Millie Bright. Her and Millie Bright would be absolutely phenomenal for England, I reckon. She offers a lot more than just defensively. She's one of the highest uh, pass makers, I think it was. The stats came out a couple of weeks ago in the league. And obviously, for someone who can start the attacks from the back, she's obviously someone who should be in there, Chris. And it's it's, it's flabbergasting, to use as, as a good word, to describe how she continues not to be at least given chances in friendlies. I can think of a few other words than flabbergasted. Um, Kaz has mentioned it there. I think you know you could make a case for every single one of that back four being in in the England squad. You mentioned it earlier. Nick Cushing said today in a press conference that he plays a back three because he's got the three best centre backs in the division. I'm sorry, Nick, but you're absolutely wrong. We have the best centre back in the division, and it's Eva Mannion. I'm a massive fan of Millie Bright, but Eva Mannion is the best centre back in this division. 
and Megan Sargent isn't far behind. And when Keris Harrop plays centre-half, Keris Harrop isn't far behind. I was looking at it earlier and I was thinking about it, yeah, because everything points to Blues' defence being a mainstay in in that England squad. And the only thing I can think is ticket sales. I don't like picking names out. You look in midfield, Farrow Williams has been called up again, you know, and you've got Alex Greenwood being called up, who is currently doing nothing playing Division 2 football. Man United have won 12-0 and 5-0. We're not learning anything about Alex Greenwood from a defensive point of view this season. Absolutely nothing. We've kept six clean sheets in a row against very good opposition, three of them against top-tier opposition. And I just think if he calls up a vast majority of of Birmingham defenders, if he calls up Bristol players, if he calls up Sophie Bagley instead of Karen Barsley, who had a mare at the weekend, would they sell as many tickets for the upcoming England friendlies as, as they hope to? That is the only reason I can think of, because every single member of that Blues back four has earned the right to be in that England squad. I couldn't agree more, Chris. And I was, in, in terms of ticket sales, I think Jackie Oatley put out earlier today, or yesterday at least, that they're struggling to sell tickets. So it, it doesn't seem to be working either way. And not only that, you look at it, we're playing at Fulham on a Tuesday night. Not being funny, right? I don't finish work till six slash seven. So you've got people like me who's like properly into women's football, can't go because of work. People who finish work in London at six o'clock wouldn't be able to get to Fulham for a seven o'clock kickoff. Exactly. Positive news to end on in terms of the internationals was obviously Hannah Hampton was called up for the under-19s England squad for the upcoming European qualifiers. So it's nice to see another player coming through the club and getting their chance in England on some kind of international stage, Kaz. She deserves it. We watched her against Sheffield, was it? Yeah. She She's a good keeper. And obviously she's going to learn a hell of a lot off Berger as well. So it's just it just keeps getting better for the girl. Do you know what I mean? I think she's got a, a big opportunity now. You know, last season we still had Sophie Bagley on the books. She's gone to Bristol full time now. And Hannah was competing with Fran Stenson and now Fran's gone to Man City. I think it's a great opportunity for Hannah now to, to make that number two spot on her own. Like Kaz said, can she learn off Anne? Can, can she watch Anne? See how she can develop her game to improve. She, she's a very, very promising goalkeeper and her spot in the England under-19s is well deserved. Absolutely. And I think speaking to her, she seems a very motivated person to succeed and obviously spent time in Spain as growing up as a kid. She, she's obviously going to be quite motivated to push Anne for first team spot. Yeah, absolutely. And she, she always seems like she's enjoying her football. She, she looks like she enjoys being around the squad, popular girl in the squad. And hopefully she can, she can be around for a long time to come. Let's move on then to our weekly game, Blue Who, the guessing game where we have five clues to try and guess what player one of the hosts has named this week. Kaz won last week, so she's going to do it this week. So I'll let you take it away, Kaz. OK, right. I'm just going to drop it in that it's an ex-player. Oh. So this person has made 34 appearances for the club and scored three goals. I'm probably I'm first thinking I'm thinking it's going to be a defender based on those stats. So, but I don't know off the top of my head yet. So, Chris, do you want to have a go yet? No, I don't want to. I, I can't think yet. The second clue is uh, she was born on the 20th of September, 1991. Oh, that's 27. 
That's my age. That's I, I should I should be able to know this. <laughs> Chris, go on. Jade Moore. Okay. Incorrect. She scored six goals on the international scene. Ooh. Stop. Is it Hannah Kiriopoulos? No. She probably scored more than that, to be fair. Yeah, go on. The middle name is Mary. 34 in three for Blues and six on the international stage. Yeah. Remy hasn't played. Yeah, you're going to have to go the last clue then. The last clue. She's five foot five inches tall. Striker, maybe a striker who's not very prolific when she was here. Um, Chris, go on. Katie Wilkinson. No. Oh, this is hard this week. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, might have to do this for another week if we can't guess this. <laughs> that international stage is that full internationals, Cas? Yep. I'm automatically thinking it's not an English player. Which makes me think... 27. 27. So they're, they're probably still playing. Uh, former Blues player. Probably a striker. Uh, Andreen Hegerberg's over 20, under 27, surely. It's not Andreen. Nope. I'm struggling, yeah. No, I, I, haven't got a, I haven't got a clue. No. <laughs> 3 and 34 is not a lot, but they've got six international goals. Are they in the WSL now, Kaz? No. Stop. Is it Christina Torkildson? No. I think I think we might have to roll this over to next week and see if one of the listeners can get it, because I don't think me or Chris is going to get it in the time no. we've got. <laughs> oh, no. I could be here all night, and I don't think I'll get it. We're going we're gonna to have to let this roll over to next week, so if one of the listeners gets it, we will be grateful, because one of us won't be able to get it. So um, hopefully one of you can tweet us the answer for this quiz. So if anyone gets it, you'll get a shout-out on next week's show. And, Kaz, it looks like you're going to have to... Pick another player for next week because we're not going to be able to guess this one. So, thanks to Kaz for for the clues and keep the name safe till next week, Kaz. So we'll we'll see if. Does that mean I'm leaving two one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Get a point for this. Get in. Two one to Kaz, and I'm still yet to get off the mark in this game. So we'll move now on to the preview for this weekend, and we're playing Manchester City once again. We seem to play them more times than any other club. We last played Manchester City back in August with nothing to separate the two teams in 90 minutes. Manchester City then won on penalty shootout for the bonus point in the Continental Cup game, but they cannot rely on this this time around. The last time either side won a game in the 90 minutes between the two sides was us back in February, thanks to two goals from Alan White. Obviously, Alan won't be available for this game, but Manchester City have their own issues too, dropping points this weekend to Bristol City, and they are currently four points off the pace in the WSL. Also, at this time of recording, Manchester City are set to play Atletico Madrid on Wednesday evening, and it will likely be a tiring and tough test for them against the Spanish side. It was 1-1 in the first leg in Madrid. In terms of this game, Kaz, what do you expect from it? It's going to be obviously a tight one between us, but with Ellen out, obviously it's going to be tough to score, but we've proved that we can get, can get goals in recent games against tough opposition like Reading. So what do you think is going to happen? Well, what I'd like to think was going to happen, we were going to win 1-0. It's Man City and the quality of their players. It could be very, very close. Depending on what team he puts out, Obviously, like you said, they've got a Champions League game. So what's he concentrating on this season? Is he going to be concentrating on the league or all four trophies? Because his squad still isn't that massive to 
be competing for all four trophies. And we all know what happened when he competed for four trophies last season. It's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Like, I'm just hoping KB's on like the form she was in on on Sunday against Bristol. If she's in that form, then we're gonna we're gonna score at least three goals. Chris, what about you? It's obviously going to be a tough test, but what do you think? The start of the season is very interesting because what it's forcing Man City and Chelsea to do now is that they have to go they have to go out and try and win every single game. Like Kaz said, where's Nick's priority? I'm I'm sure obviously the priority is to is to win the game tomorrow night and progress through the Champions League. But they're four points behind Arsenal. You know, even if you take Blues out of the equation, they're four points behind Arsenal. If they, if they come to us and draw, they're still four points behind us and they could be six behind Arsenal. You know, that's a, that is a, a big gap to claw back or the way Arsenal are playing at the moment. So I think, I think the City have got, have got no choice. I think they've got to come and try and get the win, which will leave gaps for us and it will leave us opportunities to, to create chances and get forward. <laughs> but that's me and Kaz who have criticised Karen Barsley tonight. So no doubt she'll have an absolute stormer on Sunday and, and pull off like world, world, world-class save after world-class save. But I think we will get chances. And if our defence continues the way that they have been this season, then I don't see why we can't shock them again. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, as you say, they're going to be frustrated with how they've started this season, Manchester City. And it goes to show they, they were very frustrated against Bristol City on the weekend. They had 34 shots, and obviously half of those have got to be long shots just out of frustration that they're, they're behind. If they come up against our defence, which is arguably better than Bristol City, I'm, I'm no offence to Bristol City, they've got a good team this season, but our defence has been proven over season after season that we can keep goals out. So if they're going to get frustrated and just start having pot shots or try and push too many players forward, we've got players with the pace on the break to counter, and obviously... As we proved, which began with Jess Carter, I believe, last season, that game when we scored two goals against them and beat them, it came from a break, and obviously Manchester City trying to push forward for a goal. And it backfired, and it could backfire again this weekend. The important thing in that game as well, we got the first goal, you know, which which obviously forced City out even more to try and get the equaliser against us. And like you say, that second goal came from, from their corner, and we broke up the play really well and broke on them. So first goal's massive. If we can get it, if we can get that early goal, then it's going to be an awful lot of pressure on on Man City. And if they don't go through against Atletico Madrid, then there's going to be a hell of a lot of pressure on Nick Cushing. Four points behind in the league, out the Champions League. If they if they lose to us, you know that'll be seven points behind us, potentially seven points behind Arsenal. After four games of the season, you know the the pressure will really be on then. Predictions then, Kaz, do you want to go first? 1-0, Lucy Stanley falls straight from a corner. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I I, I was going to dedicate my 1-0 to Rich Laverty there, but um, I said we'd concede our first goal against Reading. I'm going to back us to get another clean sheet and to prove Phil Neville wrong, and we'll win 1-0 with Paige Williams scoring. That's nice. I was going to go for a nil-nil, but you've persuaded me that I think we might actually get something from this, more than a draw. So I'm going to go for a one-nil as well, but I'm going to go for Emma Follis to get her first goal for Birmingham City. Ellen got on the end of her shot last time, and she obviously possibly was heading in. So without Ellen in the team, she might actually get the goal this time. Yeah. Well, let's hope so, and it's going to be a great game either way this weekend. Can I just say something at the end of the podcast, please? Yeah, go for it, Kaz.
all the Blues fans who were attending the game on Sunday against Man City, I want to do a minute applause for Steph Horton's husband, who's just been mm. diagnosed. Is it motor neuron disease? Yeah, at the age of 29. So on the 29th minute, I'd like to do an applause, as they did for us when we went to Manchester City, when Berger got diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Yeah, that sounds yeah, absolutely. good. It's a, it's a great it's a great idea, Kaz, and I hope all Birmingham City fans who listen to the podcast get behind it and we can support this cause in the 29th minute in the game on Sunday. And that was the Great Since 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use, and search for Great Since 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on! Keep right on till the end of the road Keep right on till the end of the road